0: Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw. Today is the first of a three part podcast. Each podcast over the next three will talk about a character in one of my favorite parables that Jesus ever taught in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32, often called the prodigal son. So we're going to look at the younger brother, the older brother, and the father in that parable over the next three podcasts. So in this first podcast, we're going to look at the younger son, and I want to read Luke 15 verses 11 through verse 21 for our focus on the younger brother. Verse 11, Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living or prodigal living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. be called your son. So we'll stop there at the end of verse 21. In this parable, there's some powerful lessons, and Jesus obviously is telling a story that we don't want to take too far. It's different than other places in Scripture in that this is a parable. It's a lesson. It's taught to a specific audience. He's actually speaking to Pharisees and scribes, people who are self-righteous, and he's teaching them some valuable lessons about God and about sinners and about redemption and grace and mercy. And those lessons can help us as we think through this as well. I'm focusing on this because we have a new video series coming out called Family Help for Addiction, a care group study that programs around the country that do addictions work We'll be able to offer to the family members who come into their program and need some additional help. It'll also be a program that will help churches that want to provide some support for family members who struggle with an addicted loved one, and that could be in a variety of different relationships. So I want to look at first this addicted person, the prodigal son, this younger brother you know He has the audacity to go to his father and say to him, give me the share of property that's coming to me. I mean, it's as if he were wishing his father was dead. I wish you were dead. Give me my money that I would get if you were dead, because I know how to spend it better than you. In other words, you're worthless to me. You don't do anything for me. You don't know what you're doing. I don't trust you. I don't want to live for you. I don't want to help you. Just give me what would be mine if you were dead. And let's, let's call it a, a life. Let's just go our separate ways. And so just a horrible way that he's thinking about his father. Of course, that's oftentimes how an addicted person or how you and I think about our heavenly father too. It's as though we think we know better than God. And we probably wouldn't say it. In that way, we'd be a little more refined in saying it or in doing what we want to do. But a lot of times that is at the very heart of how we're living our lives. And so he says this to his dad, give me my inheritance. And the dad divides his property between his two boys, which at that time would have been a scandalous thing for a father to do. Absolutely unheard of. And so Jesus is teaching a lesson about the father here. We won't talk about that today because our focus is on this younger brother, but um, just absolutely a shocking thing for a father to do. And Jesus, again, is talking to Pharisees and scribes, the righteous, the self-righteous anyway, uh, and teaching them about who God is. So not many days later, after he gets his inheritance, after he gets his money, it's not many days later, the younger son gathers all he had and he takes a journey. This isn't some uh, little short trip. He's taking a long journey into a far country. So he's getting as far away from his father as he possibly can. He was already living that way in his heart, but now he's just manifesting it by making the choice to take a, a journey into a far country. And there, when he gets to this faraway place, he squanders his property. Everything he would had, everything he'd been given, he squanders it in what? In reckless living. He made some bad choices. He made some selfish choices. He spent money as though he were a billionaire and he was not. <laughs> whatever he was, he spent it. Prodigal living, luxurious living, the big life. I like to joke and say that he got, instead of buying a one-hump camel, he bought a two-hump camel. You know, and he bought the big screen TV and the the latest camel, the latest uh, technology. You know, he had to have the iPhone 10 or 11 or whatever number we're on now. He wanted the latest, greatest thing. And so he spent all of his money and squandered it in this faraway country. Now, he's in a faraway place. He's stuck. But I would say he was sovereignly stuck. He's placed there. It's by his own choices. He's responsible for that. But he's also there, and God's going to teach him some things while he's there. And he spent everything, verse 14 tells us, a a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he has squandered everything, he spent everything, and now not only is he broke, but this famine tells us that everyone in the country around him is broke too. I mean, no one has any money. And so now he's beginning to be in need. This is real need, too. This isn't just, um, man, I need another pair of shoes when you already have three in your closet. This is real need. He, he's in need. The people around him are in need. So he's finding it hard to make it. He can't get a job. Other people don't have resources. Everyone is resource thin. So he makes a decision in verse 15. He went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country. And this went and hired himself out has really attached himself. He went and attached himself to one of the citizens of this faraway country. And he moves from being a beggar to being a leech. He attaches himself to this person. And what does this person do? He sends him into the fields to feed pigs. I just think that that's ironic. I mean, Jesus is telling an outlandish parable lesson here, a tale to self-righteous people. And if you know anything about Jews, they do not like pigs. Pigs are unclean. You don't eat pigs. They're nasty. And so there he is, this faraway person sends him into the field to feed pigs. It doesn't get much lower than that. In fact, I can't imagine any lower for a Jewish person uh, to then being sent into fields to feed pigs maybe this guy was just trying to get rid of him you know that that could have been what was going on there uh, too in this parable but again this is a story that jesus is telling them to, to make an illustration to make some points to be the consummate teacher that he is and so verse 16 tells us a powerful thing he was longing to be fed with the paws that the pigs ate And no one gave him anything. So he's hungry. He's in real need. There's a shortage of food. And the only food that he has access to is food that pigs are eating. And these are pods that probably aren't digestible by the human stomach. And so he's looking at that and longing to eat what they're eating. I mean, this is a desire, a strong desire to say, man, I I want that. I need that. I've got to have that. And pigs are just romping around in the mud with these corn husks and these pods. And then the very final part of this verse that we just read in verse 16, and no one gave him anything. I'll read it a couple more times. And no one gave him anything. And no one gave him anything. And no one gave him anything. So here's a young man who is without enablers. He is no longer being enabled by anyone. And he's longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate. This is the state. This is the place that he's at. And we know consequences alone don't change the human heart. We get that. But the truth of the matter is, is that you do have to allow your addicted loved one to experience some consequences. The choices that they've made have led them on a path. And so you don't want to just take away the weight and the the heaviness that they're feeling because that may be something that God uses to, to turn them Back to Christ. We're going to see that in verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? So he gets to the lowest point of lows, but he comes to himself. Now, how does he do that? I believe in two ways. He's looking down at his state of affairs and where he's at, he's looking down into the mud, into the pods that the pigs are eating. But then he looks to heaven, or he looks to his father anyway, in this parable, and says, how many of my fathers, how many of them who are hired servants have more than enough bread? I mean, they're doing okay. They're they're not wanting. My father's providing for them. And these are just hired servants. These aren't sons. These aren't uh, members of the family, but they have more than enough bread. But here I am, I'm dying. I'm perishing here with hunger. I mean, this is really getting his attention. And he's recognizing he's got to do something. He's in a desperate place in need of making a desperate decision. He's got to do something. So he says, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. So he's saying, I'm my plan is this. I'm going to arise. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to my father. And I'm going to say to my father, Father, I have a sin problem. I've sinned against heaven. And I've sinned against you. I mean, it's a great place to be when you get that low and recognize your need for Christ. I love that he says, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And notice he didn't say, Father, I have a disease of addiction. Had he gone to a rehab program, that's what he would have been programmed. That's what he would have been taught. That he has a disease. He gone to his father and said, Dad, all these years I've had a disease of addiction. I went and spent the money and I, I snorted cocaine. I smoked pot and drank alcohol. I shot heroin because I had a disease of addiction. That's not how this son thinks about his state of affairs. I'm so glad back in this day, there weren't treatment and rehabilitation programs that would have used a spiritual program to tell this particular younger son that he had a disease of addiction, a theoretical disease of addiction problem. No, he didn't, didn't have that at all. And, and I would contend, too, if he had gone to rehab program and they had given him some kind of psychotropic medication, maybe Prozac or whatever, um, he would have just found himself happier in the mud. He wouldn't have found himself in a lowly state, a state of hunger. He would have just been okay, been satisfied with the spiritual condition he was in, the mud he was in, the place he was in, because the psychotropic drug, and I picked Prozac, you could talk about any of them, many of them, would have just made him feel better about the mud that he was in. But then in verse 19, we read, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. So in his plan, this is 18 and 19 are his plan, what he's going to do. He's going to go to his father. He's going to say to him, I've sinned and I'm not worthy to be called your son. In other words, I am lowly. Treat me as one of your hired servants. In other words, he's not coming back and demanding his old room back. He's not demanding his status as a son back. He's not demanding any of that. He's going to go back and just say, Dad, I blew it. I've sinned. I'm lowly. I'm unworthy. Just make me like a hired servant. So then verse 20 happens, and he does arise, and he came to his father. He approached his father, and while he was still a long way away from his father, what's that tell you about the father? His father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to his father what he had said in his plan in verses 18 and 19. Now in verse 21, he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So his posture is one of brokenness, of unworthiness, and wretchedness. And that's the posture of any unbeliever who is coming to before the throne of grace. They're, they're coming before God, recognizing they are unworthy servants. They are in need of God's forgiveness. Just make me like a hired servant is a great testimony to where this kid is thinking he deserves to be. He's actually thinking correctly here, and the Bible tells us he came to himself. So these things that he said We wouldn't say, oh, no, no, you're a son. You're okay. You don't have to make yourself like No, he is thinking rightly. I am low. I am unworthy to be a son. He's not saying he's not a son. He's just saying, I'm not worthy to be your son. So treat me just like a hired servant. Please hire me. That's his lowly state of affairs. That's where his mind is. And what God is going to do or the Father is going to do here. In the next portion of this parable, we'll focus on the Father next, is scandalous, but it's glorious. I think it's a powerful thing to recognize for us as we uh, think about the amazing message of the gospel, the transformational power of Jesus Christ, working through his word and his spirit to transform. Sinners who don't deserve and haven't earned any of God's grace. And yet God is gracious enough to send his own son to die, to shed his blood, to, to be buried and raised from the dead, to take on the punishment that we deserve. That's the message of the gospel, and it is scandalous. I mean, it's unbelievable when you begin to think about it. Who would kill their own son? for the benefit of murderers and enemies and sinners. How much less kill your own son for a a person you like, or a righteous person. And yet that was God's plan to demonstrate his incredible love for us. So our takeaways with this younger son are simply this. In addiction... There are many younger sons that go away, they squander everything they have, they don't see it, they're blinded to the love of their father and their family and friends. That's very sad, but sometimes you have to let them go. And then they get to a place where they've made bad choices and they come to a place where they look to heaven and they make a decision. This young man decided, I'm gonna rise, I'm gonna go to my father wasn't like he stayed in the mud forever. He made a decision. He turned and he went to his father. And that's what any sinner can do. That's the glorious truth of the gospel. Anyone can come to the father and say, I'm not worthy to be your son. Treat me like a hired servant. And yet the love of God is a very different message altogether than one of earning it or um, deserving it. The gospel, according to God, is one of you can't earn it, you don't deserve it, but I'm going to freely give this gift to you. And we'll we'll look at that in the next portion of podcast number two when we focus on the father in the prodigal son parable of Luke 15. Thanks for joining me today. Look forward to being with you next time on the Addiction Connection podcast.